the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Back to Lifeline. You're back. The time is 6.08 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me see here. We may have a line or two open if you want to try to call in. I really do appreciate the calls, and I appreciate the topic that we're dealing with these are very important questions, very important issues, you guys. May God open your eyes. May he open your eyes. May he remove the scales. Because there are scales that are often over the eyes of even, even sincere believers because of things we want and, and things we don't want. Talking about bias, you know, you, you are hearing the, 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 the fallacy of uh, Angela, uh, Angela, uh, 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 Angela D. Robbins in her uh, white fragility, uh, we call that fundamentally a kind of a penis system that she uses to go into businesses and colleges and stuff like that and teach white folks how guilty they are of, uh, of uh, implicit bias and how they can't ever be purged of it. That's kind of like Catholicism and the unpardonable sin. Quite frankly, it's an, an abominable thing. What is true, however, is that we all do have biases, and those biases operate on many levels. And one of the things we don't ever want to believe is that uh, things can get so bad that, you know, it, it's unbearable. Uh, life can be so difficult that uh, we can, we, you know, we, we, it's intolerable. Uh, and often the, the mindset that holds that kind of bias is the mindset of an innocent person like a child who can't imagine the atrocity of of sexual violence or or physical violence that would occur until they are awakened by the reality that we live in an awfully wicked world but the history of humanity has taught us that mankind is vile and wicked and that God deals with us in a couple of ways one is he holds back evil and we will not recognize him doing that and therefore don't give him credit for it. All of the years that we have lived on this planet as Americans and have enjoyed a life free of uh, nuclear bombs falling on us or bombs of any kind falling on us or war in our own land really merits the whole of America, all 330 million of us to worship God every Sunday to let him know we love him and adore him for such privileges. But no, what do we do? We spend our waking hours largely engaged in disrespecting God. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful. And, and history has proven that God will allow the consequences of that kind of neglect to come down on us. And, uh, and, and, and that is my concern, that we may be at a place where um, we are definitely looking at some serious uh, chastisement. But I'm certainly hoping that, uh, that, that Sean 
is is correct that we are about to enter into a kind of reformation but it's going to be daunting let me go to line number four and talk with um with james from the bay before we take other callers james are you there yes sir how you doing that's jesse i'm great man what's your thoughts and and comments on our topic today well i had two but i want to deal with if there's enough time for the second one because it turns into the second one well the first one is in the last segment, uh, when you were uh, making reference to uh, Trump and, uh, you know, kicking out the money changers in 11 and so forth and so on. So yes. what's, your, what's your response to uh, a person who would say that, well, how does not that I'm attributing uh, Trump to Satan by no, Satan by, how does Satan cast out Satan and how does the, Money changes, cast out the money changes. He's one of the money changes. How do you push back right. on well, that? Yeah, that, that's so now we have a conversation and a dialogue to talk about how does that work. Uh, first of all, you have to substantiate the uh, the fundamental premise that he is one of the money changers. Let's say that. Let's say that. And one of the things that's going on on the left, if you if you will, and I'm sure you know it, for which they're losing. Because when you are irrational and absurd in your argument, people that are rational recognize that you don't even care about a healthy, uh, objective, honest, uh, analytical debate. You just want to push a foolish narrative. Like, for the left, Trump is the devil. He always is the reason for everything going on in our country. Isn't that the fundamental tenor of the left, James? Absolutely. Right. So when I hear somebody say that, I know that they're not a serious intellectual. I know that they're not ready to reason through the concrete factors of what Donald Trump has done. Uh, all they want to do is what is called poison the well and draw in as many gullible and naive people as they possibly can. So quite naturally, they wouldn't accept the premise that I would say that Donald Trump has actually done things that have far advanced the good and help for African-Americans, far advanced the good and help for Christians around the world. And uh, and, and obviously the, the stats and facts about our economy before the coronavirus was self-evident. Even the recovery that's taking place now is self-evident. Uh, and then again, as um, as Jermaine had put it, what's going on in the Middle East in terms of the development of policies that are bringing about a, a quasi union of, of nation states heretofore uh, been virtually impossible, both by the Republicans and the Democrats, is something that one has to consider. And again, if I'm listening to a so-called Christian talking like the left do, like the left media does. Donald Trump is the cause of the coronavirus. Donald Trump is the cause of the crash of the economy. Donald Trump is the cause of uh, people being killed in the streets. Donald Trump is the cause of everything that's going on in the world. At that point, I know that they're fundamentally calling him the devil. And once they do that, there is no conversation to be had because they're not, they're not honest people. You just can't you can't do that. Secondly, we don't need uh, Donald Trump to be God or even Christ to be governed by God's spirit to do the right thing. You and I hold a biblical worldview that knows that God raised up 
Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar was good to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Azariah, Hananiah, and Mishael, as their Hebrew names put it. He was exceedingly good to them, even though he wasn't good to himself. He raised up Darius, and he was exceedingly good to Israel under Darius. He raised up Artaxerxes, who married Esther, and they were exceedingly good to the Jews. You read the book of Esther, and you see how national Israel turned around from a death threat that was fundamentally a contract to wipe them out by Haman, and, and all of a sudden, they are the head and not the tail. Well, that was done through pagan rulers, and so we know that God controls the evil and the good. We know that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it whithersoever he wills. Now, I know you know this because you have a, a solid understanding of the gospel and the word of God, but a lot of pretending Christians don't, and they are blinded by uh, the irrational prejudice of assumptions that they cannot substantiate with with evidence. So if you're going to debate me, you're going to have to bring some evidence or else, you know, I know I know that you're not serious about a debate. And one of the goals of the left right now, when you listen to what they're saying, it's just so sad, quite sad. It's sad what you're hearing from, from Biden and sad what you're hearing from Kamala, because all they're doing is kind of spouting an empty, fear-mongering, Donald Trump is evil and wicked, and as soon as he's out and we're in, we will save the world. No Christian should ever even remotely entertain that kind of narrative. That is your antichrist model for trusting in government to be your savior. So what have you to say to that before I let you go, my brother? Well, absolutely. I mean, I just want to hear uh, your response. I mean, I'm right on the same page with you. I mean, that's sure. the, that's the struggle, you know, like you say, in the church right now, so that the church doesn't get exposed like you were saying before, you know, the, with a false church. You know, it's like, look, right. wake up. Right. And out of the wheel, you know. I just, uh, you know, I just thankful, you know, for the teaching that we get and the fact that, you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking, you know, a little bit ago, as you know, a lot of people are getting all the information from the mainstream media, and how can you even do Romans twelve to be not conformed? This will be transformed by renewing of your mind. How does your mind renewed if you keep on watching the same stuff over again, and your mind is not in the scriptures? So right, I'll, I'll, I'll email you the other one according to about your uh, the waiting line at the DMV uh, and everything like that. I'll let you go on that when I have to get yeah. yeah. No, let me let me. I want to make an observation about what you just stated. Then I got to let you go because we're trying to pay the bills. Unfortunately, I'm thinking about building a a podcast so we can have these conversations for a couple of hours free of uh free of bills. I I know that that is ultimately where I'm going to go because we need to be having these deep conversations. Sadly. Unfortunately, there are a lot of Christians who are not serious about study. Their Bible tells them to prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. Their Bible tells them in Proverbs chapter uh, uh, 14, uh, verse 15, that the simple believe everything that's said, but the prudent look well to its to their going. Their Bible tells us to be quick to hear 
and slow to speak. Their Bible tells them not to follow a multitude to do evil. Their Bible tells us to be discerning Christians, try the spirit, whether they are of God or not. Uh, and, and yet what you find are massive groups of undiscerning Christians who simply follow the poly, uh, party politic line. And once you know that that's the way they operate, uh, their disobedience is with, with, with God. It's not with you or me. And we're not going to turn them. God is going to have to like clobber them over the head before they see that they have actually embraced a false narrative. And I'm I'm sorry to say, in many cases, they're not going to recover from that that false narrative. And that false narrative is a consequence of them just not being obedient to the scriptures when it comes to discerning and proving all things. A man or a woman of integrity will hear what someone says and at least investigate whether the claims are true rather than bobbing their head up and down like an empty bobble on on the water uh, in the middle of a fishing line and simply swallow it hook, line, and sinker. That is an unthinking Christian. And one of the reasons why our nation is headed toward the kind of totalitarian, fascist, dictatorial popularism popularism that it is, is because we don't have enough thinking Americans that are willing to have civil, rational discourse and debate with evidence and facts. We're, we're, we're past that. It's just a left-right narrative. Listen, thanks for the call, my dear brother. Appreciate it. Got to take a break. Got to pay some bills. I think some lines are open. one 367 We'll be right back. All right, we're back. The time is 624 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We've got uh, six minutes before this segment is up. So um, let's go to Mark. Uh, I don't know what line he's on, but let's go to Mark. That'll that'll work. Mark, are you there? Yeah. Uh, sad to say you were right again. You know, uh, John Kennedy uh, does not have an official office. That said, he did say that Bill Gates' vaccines have killed more people in Africa than have saved. So yeah. look it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. That that that's gonna be that, that one's uh, Mark. That one's gonna be a conversation for most of us in the first quarter of the new year. In the first quarter of the new year, we're gonna be talking about this topic. So you know you're gonna have to reheat this one again because this one is gonna be big. Okay. Will do. Right. And also, those of you that are out there uh, witnessing, and all of us should be, okay, we are his witnesses. Uh, when you run across someone, tell them about Grace, or if they're in Santa Clara, tell them about North Valley Baptist with Jack Treber, and here in San Jose, tell them about Mike McClure at uh, Calvary, or someone from L.A., tell them about John, because these preachers are standing up, they're not playing games with God, and the proof is they're opening their churches, and they're taking it on the chin. Jack uh, got fined over $100,000, Calvary Chapel over 50000 now. And, uh, you know, and also if I could say this, um, I would like everyone to spend 15 minutes in Matthew 24, 15 in Mark 13, and a half hour in Luke 21, because the interpretation of the abomination of desolation is as plain as day. Jesus explains it 
it was the Jerusalem destruction by the Romans. Because he said, when you see uh, Jerusalem compassed with armies, but in Matthew and Mark he says, when you shall see the abomination of desolation. So he's explaining the abomination of desolation to be, when you see the armies, you know, Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh, then, you know, flee to the mountains and so on. And, and then he says, that for the powers of heaven will be shaken. And then, after the powers of heaven are shaken, that would be Romans 13, 1, right? The higher powers, let every soul be subject to the higher powers. Then we actually see him coming in the clouds. But I have a question okay. for you, Jesse. This I do sure. not have an answer to. Okay, we sure. know he came up uh, in Acts 1, and they could see him fly into the sky, but when he comes back, if he's even 150 yards uh, away from us, it's going to be like Elijah when he sees a cloud as a man's hand, which was, you know, five inches or whatever, and the cloud could be miles, right? And But so, if he, in other words, if he's far away, how are we going to see him? Yeah, right. Well, that none of that is ever a problem. I wish I had time to actually go back and explain what you said about Matthew, Mark, and Luke, because those narratives evade most people because most people are taught merely a premillennial dispensational view and interpretation of those texts. They don't even know most of the time the other uh, the other alternative. Uh, eschatological models <clears throat> to even be able to understand what happened in AD 70. But I am working through that right now, as you might know, in the book of the Revelation, chapter 13, which corresponds to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the application of those texts are what history has proven over and over and over again, even coming to our time. A demolishing of that representative witness of God as a precursor to Christ's return is the issue. A demolishing of that representative witness of God by the uh, invasion of the enemy is a precursor to Christ's return. That's Daniel 12, 7, when they have sought to accomplish the scattering and shattering of the power of the holy people, then that which is determined will be completed. That's the application. We still have yet to experience uh, the kind of wholesale, universal, uh, worldwide apostasy and devastation of, of, of the uh, witness of the gospel uh, prior to Christ's coming. And that will correspond with a kind of world tribulation and paganism uh, and demonic, demonic, demonically deceptive uh, 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 world governance that none of us have ever seen or even can imagine prior to Christ coming to rescue us. And that all has to be explained carefully and developed because you can't assume people have a solid understanding of the multiple views of eschatology to even get a legitimate interpretation around Matthew, Mark, Luke, or the book of the Revelation. So um, got to teach deeply, got to teach, long, teach longly. However, what you said about our brothers that are opening up and doing what they're doing, uh, that's great, but you need to stop announcing it out loud because you don't want churches to take hits because people in the government are hearing you boasting about 
some of the congregations being faithful to open up. Uh, one of the ways that the enemy hits local congregations and will be doing so increasingly, increasingly, as leftist, Marxist, godless policies prevail in our government is to be able to punish us for doing what's right, believing what's right, teaching what's right, doing what's right. That is part of what is meant in Daniel 7.25, to wear out the saints of the Most High God. Thanks for the call. Got to take another heartbreak, pay some bills. When I come back, I'll pick you up as well. The number is one 367 I'll be right back. And we are back. Let us go to line number one and talk with Kaylin in Oakland. Kaylin, are you there? Yes. Pastor Hi, Kaylin. How are How you? How are you? I'm great. How are you? My name is My name is Carolyn. Carolyn, uh, how are you? I'm blessed. I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, what is your opinion on voting? And do you think a person should vote or not vote? I think that if you are informed, you should vote. Let me develop that a little bit. I agree with all of the smart intellectuals in America that realize that a lot of what's going on in our nation in terms of its demise, Carolyn, is because people are not informed voters and so they can be hoodwinked by propaganda that is actually not factual coming out of the mouths of these politicians. And so I wouldn't want anybody to vote who doesn't know why they are voting, for whom they are voting, and what the policies are that the people for whom they are going to vote uh, advocate. So if you're going to if you're going to vote. Uh, let your vote be an informed vote. Be a knowledgeable voter. Be a knowledgeable American. Uh, be a knowledgeable Christian. Uh, that That's only right. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, voting is a right. It's not it's not a mandate. It's you don't have to vote, but it's a right. And uh, and people should exercise it. I do. So that's question number one. Yeah, okay. Um, I I have another question for you. Can yes, you explain Exodus 25 and 6 and Deuteronomy 24 and 16 where God punished the children for the father's sins? Exodus, Exodus what? 25 and 6. Or Exodus, Exodus 20. Exodus 20. Five and six. Okay, Exodus chapter. That's the Decalogue. This is the Ten Commandments that God gave uh, gave national Israel, and it is a commentary on the character of God in terms of how you and I should operate. Christ summed it up in two commandments in Matthew twenty two thirty seven to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbor as ourselves. But if you look at verse five of Exodus twenty, as it's dealing with that Decalogue account of God's mandate for Israel, He says, 
in uh, verse five, you shall not bow down yourself to them. That is to make idols nor serve them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. He's the one that redeemed them. Uh, no other God did visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Now, all that simply means, uh, Carolyn, is that when we sin against God and we violate his commandments, that vacuum is filled up by evil deeds, evil practices. And God says, if you don't repent, I will allow those consequences to have their impact on your life and they will have impact on your children's life. And frequently the impact of the sins of the parents impact the children to the second, to the third and fourth generation. And it goes like this, and you know this is true. Kind begets kind begets kind. Um, if we sow wickedness, we're going to reap wickedness. And often the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. If you and I have children and we don't raise our children in the fear and the nurture of the Lord and they look at us living like hell, then in all likelihood they're going to grow up and live like hell too. And that pattern is going to be passed on from generation to generation, which is exactly what happened to Israel when they entered into the promised land in the days of the judges. They forgot the Lord, their God, and therefore God allowed their enemies to grow and increase over them and bring them into bondage since they forgot the Lord and began to worship idols. And so God will allow that to happen for several generations before he will come in and discipline them and turn them back. And I'm afraid that that's what's going on in our nation right now, that for many, many generations, we have played church, we've rebelled against God, we have allowed policies to actually be implemented in our government because we have been not we have not been radical enough to oppose abortion, to oppose same sex marriage. We've not been radical enough to uh, admit that the biblical truth about how we should conduct ourselves should be the standard for all humanity. And as a consequence, it's entered into the church. So when the church looks just like the world, then God allows us to suffer the consequences to the third and fourth generation of them that hate God and, and, and depart from his commandments. And so it's the text is not teaching that God will punish your children for your sins or my children for my sins. Is saying that he will allow my sins to impact them and my sin impacting them will impact them, impact their children's sin until in his mercy and grace, he wakes them up to the reality that the proverb says is the, the, the uh, ways of a transgressor are hard. And often that is the reality for a lot of us. We discover that we were, we didn't know the Lord when we were growing up and often it was because our parents either did not bring us up under the fear and the nurture of the Lord or they played church and we saw their hypocrisy and uh, we know our parents better than they think we do. And so the kids will 
They'll play church until until something more alluring comes along. And a lot of us, it wasn't even hard. For a lot of us, the choice between church and the streets was not hard. When you go to church and you hear the preacher hooping and hollering and not really expounding the word of God, and you can hear the whispers in the church about who's committing fornication with who and, and who's doing this and who's doing that in the pulpit, in the leadership, we know we're in the back laughing, we're in the back going, yeah, he's no bigger, no different of a pimp than the guys on the streets. And, and we go on outside of the church and get our hustle on because we know church is a scam. And that has been the legacy of much of the church for decades upon decades upon decades, my dear sister. And that's what God means by that text. I hope that helps a little bit. That does help. That does help. Uh, Pastor Jesse, what do you think about we, in, the, in the Bay Area, we woke up to a red and orange sky, and it was yes, dark. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And I've been teaching the book of Revelation for several months now, and I was teaching through what are called the seven trumpet judgments in chapter 8 and 9. And if you look in Revelation chapter 8 and 9, the opening chapters, you discover that the sun was darkened, the moon were dark, was darkened, and the stars that did not give their light. And all of that was a uh, an analogy or a metaphor of what happens in war. When wars take place, because the book of Revelation is about God sovereignly punishing nations by other nations, if, if we want to get our interpretation of that book right. And when he uses the analogy of the sun not giving its light and the, the moon being turned to red and, and the stars not uh, giving their light or falling, He's talking about what happens when war devastates a territory. When, 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 for instance, if you and I were in Vietnam, um, or if we were in Hiroshima, you could ask those people that for days they did not see the sun, or the moon, or the stars because the air was filled with that radioactive. Uh, uh, um, after effect of the initial initial explosion, and it permeated that whole area as a canopy. Same thing in the Vietnam War when we devastated Vietnam with all of those flaming torches and and uh, Agent Orange. These are things that the Bible describes as holocaustic type of apocalyptic judgments, and in in the experience of the people, they felt like. The world was ending. And what you and I saw a couple days ago, my dear sister, I remember waking up and studying for hours and going, this is what it's like in war. Only for us, what we were dealing with were ecological abnormalities, the judgment of fires taking place. It, it could have been the fire of bombs being dropped on us from Japan or from China, creating that same smoke obscuring the sun and the moon and causing us to realize we need to be thankful every day that we have a normal day, that we see the sun, that we see the moon at night, that we see the stars, that we have fresh air, that we have clean water, that we have running water, that we have lights on in our in our homes, that we have an orderly society, that we have law enforcement, that we have good jobs, that we have good health. The people of God ought to be the first shouting and thanking God for all the blessings we have here in America. But what do we do? We spend all of our time like ignorant 
ignoramuses complaining and murmuring and disputing as if God is not good to us. Now, I'm going to ask you, Miss Carolyn, is God good to you? Yes, he is. He's good to me all the time. And he's good to me, too. And he's worthy to be praised and he's worthy to be loved and he's worthy to be adored and he's worthy to be preached and he's worthy to be worshipped and he's worthy to be commended to men and women as the only savior of the world. And he's worthy of his word to be shared with men and women uh, undauntedly without fear, both to kings and to paupers, to princes, to rulers, to presidents, to governors, any and everyone whom we know that needs the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be commending God to them because he's the only answer to the problems that you and I are dealing with. Thank you for your call, my sister. I got to take a hard break. And then when I come Thank back, you. I'll take your phone calls on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Bless you. Bless you. We will be right back. We are back. The time 6.50 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, let's go to uh, line number three and talk with Nelson from Redwood City. Nelson, are you there? Yeah, good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's going uh, on? I, I really like what you said with the last call about, you know, God is good and we complain too much. Um because it's so true, even though we may disagree about Trump and everything, to win people to Christ, you know, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Um, there's a lot of other elements of the gospel, of course. But um, And then what you said about, you know, when the caller said, um, you know, um, he'll Trump's win because, the, you know, he thinks Trump's view will win out in the end. But it was good what you came back with that it's not really a political win because you know I I thought I was hoping back in the day as a you know four decade Republican now that um, Bob Dole's view would went out and Jack Kemp's and George Bush Jr.'s you know that you know smaller supposedly smaller government and personal responsibility and religious freedom because, you know, they were saying those things too. And, um, um, and they were, and, you know, Bush read, um, Oswald Chambers utmost for his highest. And he actually knew Bible verses, unlike Trump, <laughs> but, um, um, you know, so it's not all about who is, you know, I, you know, you know how I feel about Trump. I'm a Lincoln Project Republican, and um, and I, I, I just don't think people realize the racial insensitive stuff that Trump says, like calling the virus the Kung Flu virus. I mean, what president would do that? Bush wouldn't. Junior would never do that. Bob Dole would never do that. But they would. I, I they would do it. They, they would do it. They would do it in private. Nah. I don't think no. Yeah, Bob yeah, no. They would was, do it in private. Let, let, he was for civil rights. He, he well, let me let me share let me share with you let me share with you one one fundamental reality. Like every one of those that you were talking about, Dole, Bush, uh, uh, Kemp. I, I was just like you in that regard. So I want to first affirm you in that. I was just like you many many years ago. You know, you you want politicians that at least appear to reflect biblical truth. And this is why I'm not a Republican. I am not a Republican. 
been abandoning the Republican uh, uh, platform for a long time, not platform per se, the good things about it, because they're explicitly uh, obvious compared to the Democrats. But I don't I don't I'm not a popularist. And this is where you and I have disagreed too. Uh, you know, people, you, you can't label me a Trump man. You won't get that if you listen to me carefully. I'm not a Trump man. I do know how, however, know the difference between day and light, day and night. And as much as Trump has proven to be an open, overt uh, narcissist, <laughs> I mean, and I really mean that. I mean, like, like he will say stuff that uh, that that George W. Bush will say behind closed doors because we've caught Bush uh, thinking he was off the mic. We caught Dole thinking he was off the mic. We caught Kemp. We caught Nixon off the mic. They know how to look good out in public, but that's the difference between them and Trump. But I would state to you, because you're smart enough to know this, that Trump has done things policy-wise that far excelled what many of these other former names have done and, uh, you know, as much as people want to condemn Trump for all kinds of personal idiosyncratic, uh, uh, you know, qualities, which are fine. I don't care that to me that's shallow. What are you doing? As far as I'm concerned, it's about what you do. And uh, and 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 I think that that's going to speak in the end, albeit I do agree with you, uh, Nelson, that, you know, it can be problematic when you don't keep in view that your job is to try to maintain somewhat of a veil when it comes to yourself. Apparently, Trump has not been able to do that, but it's not fundamentally hurting his relationship with, with the right. So we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. What I try to do is get people to think biblically. So I'll give you the last word before I let you go, my brother. Well, actually, the new polls came out and said it has hurt him with evangelicals. A big poll just came out. And also, we can't ignore what the Woodward tapes came out. Trump downplayed this virus. There was no need for 200,000 people to die. I mean, I'm I don't agree with that. Line, I wish we had time. He clearly said, he clearly said he was trying to downplay. He was saying it was a hoax. Everybody on Fox was saying it's a hoax. I mean, there's no taking this back. I mean, he blew yeah, but, this virus. But uh, let's, take, let, let's take that one up. Let's bring that one up Monday because, unfortunately, what happens with you and me is we get cl close to the end of the clock. And I would love to deconstruct that proposition that you stated and share with you how all of them, the doctors, the CDC, everybody was in the dark during that time when Trump, yes, with his narcissistic self, went too far in what he said. But they were all playing it down. Even the Democrats were playing it down. They were all playing it down because they didn't know what was going on. And when we turn around and look backwards at a thing and try to judge it from what we know now, that's exactly what postmodernists are doing in trying to condemn the whole nation as being so systemically racist that we haven't made any progress since the days of Lincoln, which is absolutely absurd. Only a rational thinking person would know better than that. So let's talk about that on uh, the next Monday, Lord willing, and let's talk through what I consider it would, could have been wiser on his part, but I accept his explanation that he did not want to create a panic.
but he could have used better words. But I'm not going to condemn him as the one killing 200 million people. That's utterly insane and ridiculous. But I'd love to debate you on that, my brother. Thanks for the call. Let me see if I can catch up with Kiana right quick. Kiana, are you there? Yes. Hi, Pastor Jesse. Hey, sis. What's going on? We probably got about a minute and a half until, a, a uh, until the music until the music starts running <laughs> us out of here. Talk to me. I just wanted to say thank you for doing your study about the Book of Revelation about the the um, beast because I didn't yeah. realize that um, there's a a political component to it. Absolutely. Um, and I think. A lot of people don't see that, and as I've been listening to the Bible studies and the messages, I'm starting to see that more and more each day. That's awesome. I, I want um, you to keep digging in. Yeah. I want you to keep digging in because we're getting ready to kind of go through some rough terrain, but if you get the keys with me, if you get the keys, it's going to help you understand what's getting ready to come down the pike uh, here in America and around the world, too. A lot of Christians don't know how to discern what are the parameters and composites of the Antichrist system, and and yeah. therefore we, we are often in danger of doing the same thing National Israel did. Yep, and they just missing it. And the funny part, too, is that a lot of these politicians they fall into that paradigm that you're talking about, and they don't even know it. And that makes yep. me sad because it's like you about to lose your soul over this, and yep. you're the enemy of Christ. I'm like, I'm going to pray for you. That's just really sad. It is, it. and I appreciate, I, appreciate your, I appreciate your attitude about that because we play such games in America around people's blindness and we don't recognize it, and we need to be more. We need to be more sympathetic, empathetic, and and, and aware that blind politicians, uh, they have the second most horrible part of hell. The people that yeah, are worse and, than the. Yeah, I mean, and, you, and then they're they don't. And the sad part about it too is that you got all these people that's following behind them, and they putting them. Yep. They're trying to put these people up there where God and Christ is, and it's like, you can't do that. You can't do but that. It's just like they they got it all twisted and all wrong, and they just deceived. That's what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. I'll talk to you later. Bless you, girl. Bless you. Okay, thank we'll, you. Bye. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week, Lord willing. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, 630 and 10.30 on Sunday. God bless you.